Hi everyone, Pastor Andrew here. Hope that you're doing well, that you're in good spirits. Before we get started, just wanted to mention again, if you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us, to your pastors, leaders, home church leaders. We are here for you. Uh, And a reminder, if you want to get involved, um, just being available to potentially help when needs uh, come in, you can do that by going to our central website, sanctuaryri.org backslash corona. And um, if you have needs yourself or you have friends near you that have any needs, we've already had some great stories uh, of uh, needs being met. You can also do that there. So we're going to begin today with a prayer. So I want to encourage you uh, just to take a deep breath, to get comfortable. Uh, Maybe for you, it's just extending your palms open. Be still. God, we open our eyes and strain to see you. We raise our voices in prayer and trust that you will hear our call and heal us. We know that you are ever with us, yet far too often we seem to be alone. Our vision is dulled by our stubborn insistence that you come to us as we expect. Help us now to seek only you and not an image of you that we may have made. Shake the scales of blindness from our eyes that we may see you and your healing power and recognize the touch of your hand. May we know and believe that you, our God, are in our midst today and every day, forever and ever. Amen. So I want to begin today with a quote from Richard Foster. And in this quote, he's talking about uh, spiritual practices or disciplines, rhythms, things that uh, we choose to do. Uh, We talk a lot about spiritual practices as... um, as things that help us engage God. So God alone makes the wind blow. God alone uh, makes the river go. Spiritual practices and disciplines help us wade into the river so we can experience the water. Spiritual practices or disciplines help us open the window to experience uh, the wind. And so Foster says this. He says, The decision to set the mind on the higher things of life is an act of the will. That is why celebration even is a discipline. Something like celebration, even that is something that can be practiced. It's not something that falls on our head. It is the result of a consciously chosen way of thinking and living. So I want to talk a bit about what is in our control in this moment. Because it feels like there's a whole lot that is out of our control. We don't have control over our emotions, but we do have control over our thought life, what we decide to give our, um, our mental real estate to. And so the, the first thing is recognizing that our feelings actually follow our thinking. Our feelings actually follow our thinking. And so the question that comes up for me at least is like, what am I thinking about? What, what are the things that I'm, I'm putting into my mind? If your thoughts are on, on God, then, then my feelings will follow my thinking. I, I can will a thought life that is uh, curated in such a way that peace and joy are the inevitable byproduct. So I'm going to read a little bit from Philippians 4 here and then use that as uh, almost like a little template uh, to think about how uh, we can um, set our mind on things that matter most. 
Philippians 4 reads this. This is a a letter from Paul talking to the church in Philippi, which he calls a a colony or an outpost of heaven. So he's writing to this this church that is meant to embody the principles and practices and culture of the way of Jesus, of the life of heaven, of that abundant life. And he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, before I read, I just want you to um, physically or mentally just underline a couple things there. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, uh, present your request to God. So right out of the gate, there's something about surrender and trusting them to God, um, recognizing um, uh, your lack of control, maybe even. So this idea of prayer and petition, present your request to God, kind of file that under surrender. And he says, with thanksgiving. So circle thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, like which doesn't even make a whole lot of sense sometimes, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on, finally, sisters and brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So he goes down this list of things that I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who doesn't want more of that in their life. And he says, think about those things. Think about things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And then he finishes, whatever you've learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So practice these things that, that you've seen in, in me and the God of peace will be with you. Meditate on these things. He's saying, set your mind on these things. So, so first, surrender. Coming to Jesus, coming to God is about surrendering. It's about uh, surrendering the illusion of control over to God and trusting the outcomes, releasing the outcomes, having an inner life that's not uh, based on your circumstances. So, so, so the, the first invitation here I hear is just, are we surrendering? I can choose to surrender. I can work at letting go and entrusting the things that I cannot control to God. The, the second thing here is giving thanks, thanksgiving. And so I want to invite us in the season to work gratitude into everything. We can control that, focusing our attention on what's good. If you're like most people, your mind always gravitates towards the negative. There's a lot of science actually behind this, um, that we are just a bit messed up. It happens to line up with the way the scriptures describe the human condition. We gravitate toward the negative. There's a reason that the news focuses so much more on the negative. It's that we, it sells. Bad news sells. We have a penchant for this. So, so first, surrender. To, to, to be apprentices of Jesus, to be people who um, are setting our minds on joy and on peace and on the things that matter. First, we need to have a posture of surrender, Paul's saying. Two, that, that we would do, we would work thanksgiving into everything. And then, and then third, um, choosing what we put into our mind, what we set our mind on. And so much of this, and I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days, is uh, so much of, of life is like how you start your day. 
Um, Like I'm going to choose to win the day. There's no worse way for me than to sleep next to my phone, have an alarm set on it. So then I roll over, turn it off, and then I check my phone, my text, my social media, my email, and my news feed and ask, all right, what did so-and-so do today? Or in the case of where we're at now, like how bad is it today? I cannot think of a better recipe for misery and yet I, I have a propensity to do this regularly. So, so what disciplines might you uh, embody? What things might you practice so that you find your feelings in your inner world changing? Um, do you need to put your phone in the other room when you go to bed? You can put the ringer on loud in case someone rings so you can hear it. Is there times in, during the day you need to turn it completely off or put it in a black box? Um, uh, not just for me, it's like not letting my phone set my emotional equilibrium, um, not letting my news feed set my view of the world. Um, yeah, I think it's like bad news sells like 10 times more than good news. Um, and it's just so in other words, I say that and that it's not an actually an accurate view of the world. I follow this Instagram account. I can't think of the name offhand. It's like good news movement or something like that. And I love it because it's, it's reminding me that, oh, all this bad stuff that's happening, this actually is inaccurate. It's an inaccurate picture of what's happening across the world. It's one slice. Yeah, there's some bad things happening. Uh, one study that was just put out, uh, someone commenting on the study of uh, people in the West, particularly in the United States, their sort of inner world right now. The, um, the, the synthesis, one of the, the bits of commentary on this study of seeing how many people, um, how many people's inner world was in a place of disarray in some way. And the writer said, that it is clear that in the United States, there is an exhausted majority, exhausted majority. Anybody else feel that right now? Um, it's just an, an ache. And so how are we going to win the day? That the first thing in the morning, I'm going to put my phone on the other side of the room and I'm going to let prayer set my emotional equilibrium. I'm going to let prayer and the word of God set my view of the world. As a follower of Jesus, I actually have a, a, a vision of the world, a view of the world that supersedes whatever brokenness and ache may be happening. Now, to be clear, this isn't about avoiding injustice or, or just being pain avoidant or not looking at the bad news or not recognizing where we can physically engage the ache. Uh, you know me, you know our church well enough that that's not how we roll. But it's simply putting first things first and remembering and allowing our, the equilibrium, our emotional equilibrium and our view of the world to be set by the things of God. So, so to recap in closing, surrender the illusion of control. How can I practice that surrendering and trusting things to God? Two, what kinds of practices can you build into your day of thanksgiving? Whether you, again, this is about whether you feel thankful or not. And third, uh, I'm going to set my mind on the things above. I'm going to actually limit my Netflix intake in this season and take more time to have my mind set on the, the, the word of God and, and recognize that in all of this, to go back to Richard Foster's quote, like over time, you will become a joy-filled person, a joy-filled person. The decision, he says, to set the mind on the higher things of life, 
The Bible says, set your mind on the things above, on the things of heaven, on the economy and culture of heaven. That's an act of the will. It's an act of the will. And it, it, the result of a consciously chosen way of thinking and living will uh, allow such peace and joy and goodness to be our portion. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, take my teaching upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Take my way upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus invites us to come to him and to take his teaching, his way upon us. And this is where we find the peace and rest uh, that surpasses all understanding. And so that, uh, that teaching, that way, in part involves us setting our minds on those higher things, setting our minds on gratitude, having a posture of surrender, practicing these things, building them into our routine and schedule, and then allowing our feelings to follow, our feelings to follow obedience to the path and way of Jesus. Peace be with you.